You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. Get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm Carmelina, hosting today with Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Welcome, Peter. It's great to be here, Carmelina. It's great to be with you, Jason, and you, Carmelina. I think the first time we've worked together, Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's absolutely delightful. It's going to be a fun day. (laughs) It's good to have you back here, Peter. And I'm just thinking of... uh, the fact that today, or the last couple of days, we've had some nice um, light sunny weather, haven't we? Yeah, well, that's been a change. I mean, uh, I, I was commenting, I didn't know this until I moved to uh, Hobart, Tasmania, but Hobart, Tasmania is the second driest capital in Australia it after is. Adelaide. I didn't imagine that that could be the case. Mm. And uh, I know many a time in the last couple of years when we've looked at the weather forecast and it says it's going to rain, and it doesn't. It doesn't, yeah. Um, but it certainly has rained in the last few uh, the last weeks. Last week, particularly. Last week, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then the last two days have been sunny. I can see the blue sky out my window right now. Yeah, it's nice to have a bit of light on the subject again, a bit of uh, sunshine. Indeed. And it's starting to warm up. Feels like it's almost... Summer is on its way, folks. It's summer it's is on, on its, its way. way, yes. Um, Peter, now... Today uh, we're starting a brand new series. Mm. It's called A Light in the Dark. That's why I was sort of getting to that sunny. Oh, I see. see. Okay. Oh, what a great, great segue. A Light in the Dark. Um, And our first episode is going to be called Behind the Mask. Mm. Well, let me tell you a little bit about The Light in the Dark. Um, So uh, the the Bible tells us that Jesus is the light of the world. And... uh, He's also given us the Word of God, which is called uh, a light in a dark place. In fact, Psalm one nineteen one o five says, "Thy word is a light, uh, sorry, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path." And so, uh, the series that we're we're conducting there, they're sort of standalone episodes, um, but they're all messages that come to us from the Word of God. Mm. Now, I noticed last week as we were talking about this um, in our preparation that um, that you say mask. And I say mask, and you say grass, and I say grass. What about castle or castle? What do you say there? It depends which one I'm talking about. (laughs) But they they were, by the way, very good impressions of of my (laughs) – or were they very poor impressions? But, um, yes, obviously uh, living in England for the first 26 years and living in Australia for most of the last 30 years – um, I have a bit of a mixed up accent. So I'm going to be talking about uh, behind the mask. And that's going to sound odd to some Australian ears where they expect <laughs> me to say behind the mask. Yeah, that's mask. It. And so, <laughs> so. What, what do you say, Carmelina? I say mask. Mask yeah. and grass. Yeah, castle. There you go. You say potato and I say potato. I do find that the English um, way of saying things is generally a little more consistent, but... Uh, we we uh, we say different things here. I'll take that, and uh, and we'll <laughs> accept the fact that uh, you do come from the country that was the originator of our language. So we'll have to accept your authority. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that that will be popular, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, so um, you've got a couple of uh, things to uh, get us started today. Mm. Uh, a couple of illustrations. We've we've finished off our series last week of. 
Daniel. Mm. Uh, we went through from chapter 1 to chapter 12 of Daniel. And if you do want to go back and have a listen to the episodes that we did on Daniel, it's a fantastic study. It's a great series. Uh, it's a great resource to be able to go back and have a listen. You can do that using the Faith FM app. Um, get that from the App Store on your phone or tablet, or you can listen on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. So you've got a couple of uh, things to kick us off with masks this okay. morning. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> this message uh, we're calling Behind the Mask, and um, obviously we have all just come out of a couple of years of using masks and being familiar with wearing a mask and having to wear the mask uh, for the pandemic. And uh, obviously there are still places that you, you need to do that. I was uh, in the doctor's surgery the other day, and you're required to wear a mask when you're in there. See, I said mask. You know, yes, there you go. <laughs> I told you I'm going to mix this up all yeah. the way through the program. But anyway, um, so and I want to, th- you know, I just wanted to touch on the fact that during the pandemic, what did those masks do to us? In other words, when we wore them, what difference does it make to us? And I think we we all felt obviously there was the social distancing that went along with that. We we're actually meant to be a certain distant part, which we'd never even thought of when we were, you know, before pre-pandemic. Um, but also, uh, as well as the physical distancing, it sort of fostered this distant uh, relationship or, or people you didn't know, for instance. Yeah. Mm. You would automatically think, I have to be very wary of that person because they may have COVID, right? Uh, and it sort of fostered this um, attitude of distrust of uh, people we hadn't met or or even people we did know. We just fostered this, this attitude of uh, high risk, better avoid don't get close, uh, all of that kind of thing, and, and, and fostered isolation too. I mean, um, we're becoming a more isolated society anyway, and the pandemic certainly didn't help in that regard. So we've all been used to wearing those masks, but when we were given permission to remove them, how good did that feel? I mean, I remember uh, when even when we would go to church, we were required to wear a mask in church, and then uh, the week that we were told, yes, you can go to church and you don't have to wear a mask. Mm. How great that was for those who come to church and obviously not just churches, but going to the store, going to the gym, going to wherever. And so um, we've been uh, liberated, you know, mm. from having to wear those masks. And um, we want to talk about that from the perspective of the masks that we wear. And so uh, I don't know if anybody uh, has seen the show. I know that you, th- I think you have, Yes, I love it. The Mask Singer. <laughs> uh, that they, I think, I don't know if they've done two seasons of this um, in Australia. And I sometimes see the ad and I confess I've not watched an episode, <laughs> but Carmelina can fill us in on all of that. Yes, but of basically the premise, it seems to me, is that you have somebody who may be uh, a famous person, a personality who is uh, obviously behind a mask, dressed in a costume, in disguise, and they're going to sing, and you're, you're sort of trying to work out who that person is singing that song. The thing that's coming to my mind, which is completely different to this show, I'm sure, <laughs> is the fandom of the opera. Oh, right, Cause, yeah, cause right. the picture that comes to my mind is this uh, this singer who's got a mask. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 okay. So, so yeah, in, and, and in other words, the, the in The Masked Singer, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Carmelina, the idea right. is to try and guess who that person is 
by one of their significant characteristics, which is the tone of their voice. Yeah, they also have some clues. Okay. Sometimes they try and throw clues out there to see if they can figure out who they are, and also they tend to throw them off as well. So yeah, right. there's a few red herrings okay. along the way, <laughs> but a lot of them are there to try and help you guess who the person is. Okay. And um, also what's really interesting is when they have a singer you don't expect like someone who's a sports star right? Mm. and they're singing a song and they're actually yeah, right. pretty good. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, what? Wow. <laughs> who, who knew? Who knew they could sing so well? <laughs> who knew they could sing? I thought they played basketball, yeah. like, you know, or cricket. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, see, and, and I sort of want to springboard, I guess, from that to the masks we wear that mm. might not be physical. And uh, that yes. is that, that we have a tendency to hide behind a mask uh, and and what are the reasons for that? Now, um, you know, we do talk to different people differently. So, for instance, the way I talk to my son is going to be different to the way I talk to a policeman. Yes. Right. Or the way I talk to my wife is going to be different to the way I talk to my boss. That's natural because the, the relationships are slightly different. Right. Mm. Um, whereas. But what I, I think we would hope, though, is that when we talk and communicate with anybody that we're being open and honest with them in that appropriate relationship. Mm. And sometimes we tend to be more guarded and less open and honest. And I, I wanted to sort of explore in today's episode a little bit about why we do that. Mm. Um, and, you know, um, I think a part of it is that we have an insecurity. I think most of us, if we're honest, <laughs> if we're open and honest, most of us would admit that we have certain insecurities, mm. you know, um, that I am concerned that if I tell you really who I am, if I really tell you what's on my heart, if I really tell you about the challenges that I may be facing, that you might not like, like me as much. Yeah, or, mm. or you, you'll... Um respect me less or something yeah or judge me mm. right you're going mm. my concern is that you will judge me or maybe it is that people have opened up in the past that they have been open and honest and they've really been hurt by the uh, responses of people who have have either uh, rejected them or ridiculed them or judged them or maybe they've they've been um you know, willing to receive that information, but then they've gone behind your back and mm. stabbed you in the back by mm. perhaps sharing that with somebody that you didn't intend or making it public or using whatever it, it may be. Using yeah. it against you. Using it against you. So I think that there's, there's some, you know, good reasons why people um, haven't been as open and honest and transparent as maybe they would want to be. Mm. Um, but I also think that, um, you know, there are benefits to being open and transparent. I wanted to just um, talk a little bit about... Um, a couple of verses that we might dive into uh, after the break. One is from uh, Psalms and one is from Hebrews. Um, maybe, uh, do we want to read that? Let's read the Psalms one. Psalm 139, verse 7, Jason, if you'd like to read that. It says, Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? Now, this is important from the perspective that there's no hiding from God. We can put mm. all the masks on that we want to. But the reality is, who are we fooling? We can't fool God because God sees the heart. He can read our mind. God knows us intimately, probably even better than we know ourselves. Um, what about our children? Can mm. we fool our children? We don't fool our children. Mm. Oh, we don't fool. Yeah. We can try. We can try. Yes. We can try, but we don't fool our children. What about other people in the community? We, we tend not to fool them that much. 
No. Sometimes a church will fool other people who are also wearing a mask, and so I'll agree to accept your mask if you'll agree to accept mine. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you know, really, it's only ourselves we're fooling because mm. God knows our heart and mind. So I think God wants us to be open and honest with him, and I think he wants us to be open and honest with each other too. Mm. Absolutely. We have a listener question today, which is, how does it feel when you feel when you be transparent with someone, um, text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We would love to hear from you. How does it feel when you be transparent with someone? It's almost like a unseen opportunity. It doesn't happen very often. I th- hey, I think our words changed in that somehow because I think we were going to say when you when you can be open and honest with someone. Mm. But anyway, yeah, yeah, text us in. Text us in. We'd love to hear zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This first song is Who Is Like You by Tim Newfeld. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise Him.
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we are talking with Peter Watts on the topic of Behind the Mask. Before the break, we had a listener question, which was, how does it feel when you can be open and honest with someone? Um, text us in on 0488880891. Now, Peter, just during the break, we were talking about some circumstances sometimes when we... Uh, we ask somebody, how are you? And mm. uh, sometimes we don't know how to respond if we're not so well. <laughs> we, don't wanna, we don't know whether to say, I'm fine, or whether we say, well, do you really want to know the truth? <laughs> but anyway, um, you wanted to push this forward and, and uh, get into, I guess, a slightly different understanding of this. And we're looking also whether whether we see God as having some sort of mask as mm. well. Well, just before that, we, mm. we were talking about the masks we wear, and I, I mentioned before, you know, I think we would like to be more transparent, more authentic, more authentic. I'd like to get to know you better. I'd like you to get to know me better, but you go first. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. In other words, you know, that trust... It yeah. is developed over time, isn't it? And, mm. um, you know, sometimes we have to be a little bit uh, vulnerable and transparent mm. in order to um, encourage somebody else to be likewise. And, and that really does happen. If you're in a conversation and you open up to somebody, mm. you'll find that they'll typically, often, yeah. <laughs> not always, but they'll often open up to you as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so, um, you know, I just wanted to read maybe one verse, um, Hebrews 4.12, if you can read that for us, uh, Jason. Yeah, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Mm, that last part there where you talks about the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The, the point is God can read our hearts and minds. God actually knows who we are. And the, the miracle of the gospel, uh, I guess, is that God knows every single thing about me. He knows all my faults and flaws, and he loves me anyway. Mm. He loves me anyway, and he would die for me. He demonstrated that uh, through Christ on the cross. So, so the point is, with God, He knows there's nothing we can hide from God. It's not possible to hide from God. He knows everything about us, uh, and He goes really deep. But at the same time, the the Bible's uh, message of God's unconditional love is an amazing thing, and it helps us to be able to open up to Him, who already knows our innermost thoughts. Mm. And so, sometimes though, I think people get the impression, well. Does God wear a mask? That was the question you asked earlier. Does mm. God wear a mask, in fact, that, you know, can we really know who God is? Is God hiding from us? You know, that that's it's an um, interesting question, because I know in the Old Testament, when uh, God came down to speak to Moses, he had to hide from us. Mm -hmm. he had to, otherwise, we would. Uh, OK, if, well, if we saw him in his all his glory. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to explore that yeah, because okay. I think um, it's it's uh, I, I know when I was um, I, I, you know, was an atheist from my teens through to my mid 20s. And so I, you know, I sort of shut God out from my life. I, I, I preferred to believe that he didn't exist. But if God did exist, it was kind of, well, where is he? You know, I don't see him. I don't, you know, why, why can't we see God? Why doesn't God come and introduce himself? Um, and I think that many people sort of think along those lines or or if God is there, well, he's sort of a mystery. And mm. um, and certainly if you look at some scriptures, you certainly would have uh, that impression. So in Job 11, 7 to 8, one of you could pick that up and, and maybe have a look at that. 
Absolutely. Go ahead, Carmelina. You volunteered. I got it. I got it. Job chapter seven. Uh, chapter chapter eleven. Is it? Yeah, seven and eight. Eleven verses seven to eight. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the li- the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? All right. So this this is, thank you so much for reading that. This sort of saying. How much can you know? I mean, how deep mm. can you go? And, and what do you really know about God? And it's, it's sort of talking about the greatness and the depth that is, is God and um, how little we do and can know about him. Um, there's another one in Romans 11.33 uh, that I might get you to read, Jason. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Okay, so this is sort of saying, you know, uh, unsearchable. You know, you can't search it out. And uh, his ways past finding out. It talks about the fact that, you know, you could uh, search forever and you won't know it all, um, that God is that big. Um, in First Timothy 6.16, um, I'm not going to uh, read this out, but it talks about God dwelling in unapproachable light. Right? Mm-hmm. What does unapproachable mean? Well, he's not approachable. Yeah, no. He's got approachable. Well, not according to this verse. But mm-hmm. I want it's a, it's important to understand here. This isn't talking from a relational perspective. This is talking about from a physical perspective. Mm. God dwells in unapproachable light, and um, and then in the same book, First Timothy three sixteen, it talks about great is the mystery of godliness. Mm. Um, and so so there's certainly aspects of God that we will never get to grips with, that he's just beyond our imaginings. And that's not to do with God hiding, but rather to do with our limitation, Mm. right? If, you know, it's a little bit like uh, sometimes uh, understanding God, it's a little bit like um, me asking my dog how I built his kennel. Mm. (laughs) You know, we're not going to have that conversation Mm. because the dog is not capable of entering into a dialogue of how I built his kennel. Mm. Um, and in a, a similar way, uh, the, as, as brilliant as human beings are yeah. and as intelligent as God has made us, there are some things that are still beyond uh, you know, our, our understanding. And you know, even if you are a secular atheistic scientist, you recognize there are some things we just don't know yet, yeah. mm. right? And um, certainly God is not hiding from us, but there, he's just so big that um, it's, it's not possible to get to the ends of who God is. He, he is he's that big. However, what is, what is revealed to us through Scripture is that God wants to have a relationship with us. Mm. He wants to have that relationship with us individually. And um, through the person of Jesus, we, we get a little glimpse of that. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Mm. But uh, why... It's not that God is wearing a mask, although I, I really like the illustration you brought out with Moses, where literally Moses had to put a, a veil on his face because when he came down from the mountain, he had absorbed so much of the glory of God that the people, the the, the Israelites, they looked at Moses and said, please cover your face. You're absolutely beaming. We can't bear to look at it. And, um, and so... Uh, that was just a, a glimpse, I guess, of the, the glory of God where Moses had been in the presence uh, of God and absorbed some of that hmm. um, glory. But the reason why uh, God is veiled, if you like, is for our protection. 
And I, I sort of relate this to the pandemic in many ways. When we mm. were asked to wear masks, we were, I remember being, uh, you know, listening many times to reports where they're saying the mask is not there for your protection. Mm. It's in order to protect those around you, mm. right? And so, in other words, God is veiled not to protect him from anything, but rather to protect him, us rather, mm. from his glory because we have a sin problem. Mm-hmm. And God is in the business of solving that sin problem. Until that sin problem is resolved, we can't stay, stand face to face with God. Mm. Mm. And so it's for our protection that we, uh, that God um, is um, wearing some kind of veil between us and him in that we are protected from that glory. Now that's <clears throat> that's um, through obviously uh, God the Father, God the Son. We've got you know the God the, the Spirit as well, the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. So yeah. so even though in some ways God is um, uh, sort of masked from us, mm-hmm. but He also says He leaves us with the Holy Spirit. So we we yeah. still have that that capability to connect with God in a very meaningful and special way. Well, God, it's, God it's not as if we can't. It's not as if God is so far away and masked sure. that we can't connect with him. There are many things that God has done in order for us to understand who he is and what mm. he wants. Um, and obviously the Bible is one of those, right? The, the, the Bible reveals to us who God is, what his character is like, um, what he has done for us, what he is doing for us, what he wants to do for us, who mm. we are, what our relationship to him is, all of those things. Um, and, of course, you know, there's an even greater revelation that we'll talk about in a moment. But I think that one of the things about the mystery of God, the Bible talks about the mystery of godliness. One of the things about that is that the enemy has taken advantage of that fact mm. and, and said, okay, because God is such so deep and so far and so broad and so bright that this veil has to be put there to protect us, because that's true, the devil comes along and says, I'm going to tell you what he's really like. Mm. And we're going to talk a little bit about that after the break. Yeah. Okay. We've got a listener question for you. Text us in this morning. How does it feel when you can be open and honest with someone? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 0488 And remember, we've got a free book offer coming up. What's that going to be today, Carmelina? It's called In the Light of God's Love. We'll be describing that for you later on in the program. This next song is Whenever God Shines His Light by the Idea of North. Whenever God shines light on me Open up my eyes so I can see When I look up in the darkest night Then I know everything's gonna be alright In deep confusion In great despair When I reach out for Him He is there When I am lonely As I can be Then I know that God shines His light on me La 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 la
the sick And he heals the lame Says you can do it too In Jesus' name Yes, he'll lift you up and turn you around And he'll put your feet back on higher ground Reach out for him, he'll be there Within your troubles you can share And he heals the lame Says you can do it too In Jesus' name Yes, he'll lift you up And turn you around And he'll put your feet back On higher ground This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Peter Watt on a new series. It's called A Light in the Dark. And Peter's been talking about the topic of behind the mask. We've been exploring all sorts of ideas about masks, and uh, we've been talking about whether God has a mask, and we're now going to get on to something else. Yes, Peter, um, before the break we were starting to talk about how um, Satan can claim a few things about, like, tries to what reveal what God is to us as humans, but really is just trying to deceive us even more. Do you want to tell us about that a bit more? Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> you know, we've talked about the masks we, we use. We've talked about does God wear a mask, and it's actually that God is... Um, protecting us from his glory because he we have a sin problem without the sin problem we could dwell in the presence of god and that's his desire that's how it was in the beginning it's how he wants it to be in the end um but it's interesting because the bible reveals to us in um revelation chapter 12 and verse 7 that war broke out in heaven Mm. Um, and that means that this uh, problem with sin and rebellion all began in heaven, and it began with the character we know as Satan or, or the devil. And um, he was uh, a very powerful, very important angel. He had been given uh, ability by God. He'd been given great privilege by God. He was um, probably the, the, the leader of the heavenly choir. And he was very close to God. So God would share a message with Lucifer, and Lucifer means light bearer, and he would bear that light to the masses. Mm. 
And so um, people trusted him. He was the one who was giving the messages from God. Angels, mm. An angel means a messenger. Mm. And so um, he was taking those messages. But at some point in his history, Lucifer began to foster um, thoughts of pride and then ultimately rebellion against mm. God. And um, he, al- although he was, the Bible says he was beautiful, um, although he was beautiful, he started to want more than he had. And he became dissatisfied, even though he'd been given glory and honor and privilege and a position. These were not enough for him, and he desired to even be Mm. in the position of God. And so he then starts to paint. In order to do this, he starts to paint an an un uh, a dishonest picture of who God was. Mm. So if God is dwelling in unapproachable life, and you know, great is the depth of the mystery of God, then Lucifer, being closest to God, is saying, you know. God is so deep and so broad and so great that you can't really get to the heart of God, but I'm closer to God than anybody. Mm. And let me tell you what he's really like. Mm. And he begins to spread rumor and innuendo about the character of God and starts to say, you know, God is um, really a, a selfish being, that he wants all of this glory for himself and he's not willing to share that glory with others and that you know he he has all of these commandments for us and these rules for us to follow um and rather than depicting god giving us those boundaries for our protection he depicts those boundaries as restrictions upon our liberty mm. and so he starts to paint god as someone who is severe <clears throat> harsh uncaring arbitrary vengeful judgmental unloving selfish power hungry cruel hostile mean unforgiving mm. And he starts to paint this picture of God. And because, um, you know, God is so deep and so broad and so wide, who's to argue that that's not the case, you know? Mm. Uh, Because who really knows God? Mm -hmm. And if Lucifer, one of the angels that was closest to God, is saying these things about God, maybe they're true. Mm. And so... Uh, the rebellion in, began in heaven and it began with Lucifer and it began with those uh, angels that he was uh, communicating with and persuading that God, in fact, had these negative characteristics as opposed to the loving ones that we uh, can all you know, read about in mm. the scripture. And so it began to be a case where people were becoming untrusting of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Uh, a third, the Bible tells us that a third of the angels followed Lucifer. Mm. It's revealed in uh, the book of Revelation, in, in chapter 12 mm. of Revelation, that a third of them um, were cast down. Were cast down. And so mm. it's kind of like, uh, I, d- I wonder if uh, some of our listeners may have um, seen The Wizard of Oz. And in that film, The Wizard of Oz, um, Dorothy and you've got the Tin Man and the Scarecrow and the Lion and they all go following the yellow brick road and they find The Wizard of Oz and they find that he's and he's got this big, booming, angry voice that he's talking to them and saying, you've got to get out of the kingdom and da-da-da. And then Toto, the little dog, pulls away the curtain and behind it is a little old man pulling levers. You know, and really what Lucifer is saying is, I've pulled away the curtain. This is what God's really like. Mm. He's not the kind, loving, majestic being that you really thought he was. Mm. And um, so, but you see, Satan is doing this in order to usurp the position of God. He actually wants to be God. In fact, um, one of the things we can read about um, Lucifer is in Ezekiel. And I'll get you to read that, Jason, um, in Ezekiel 28 and verse 14. 
It says, You are the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You are on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. Okay, so here this is talking about the position that uh, Lucifer held in the kingdom of God um, that, you know, gave him this access, if you like, to um, to where... Uh, to to where um, God was and to the character of God. And I just want to um, read a passage here that is from Isaiah chapter 14 because it sort of sums up Lucifer's um, desire to take the throne of God and to be uh, in God's place. In Isaiah 14 verse 12, it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So his motivation, in other words, for sharing these false characteristics of God and painting God in a a bad light is simply from his own selfish ambition to desire to be on the throne of God. So in other words, he he thinks he's, uh, or he's um, at least portraying himself as doing the universe a favour by revealing what God is really like and painting this dark uh, picture of God. But actually behind it all is his own selfish ambition to acquire the throne for himself. Mm. And so um, what we have, and I think what's interesting about that is when we think of those characteristics that the devil uh, tries to portray God as severe, harsh, uncaring, and loving, and so forth, how many of us as human beings have bought into that lie? How many of us, how many people on earth today sort of say, well, you know, God, maybe God does exist because how do you explain the universe? But, but you know, I'm not sure I could trust God. And, you know, I think he's constantly angry with me or the, the classic the classic thing is uh when you know if bad things happen yeah they blame god yeah that's and right that's, that's a classic misunderstanding attributed of, of as acts of god yeah yeah so so it's very interesting because it is to lucifer's uh, benefit that he sort of puts god front and center and it, he hides behind the curtain himself mm. it's the devil who's hiding behind the curtain uh, and he prefers, the devil is happy for us not to believe that he exists, but he still is able to, you know, share his propaganda of the character of God that many of us as human beings have bought into. And I would say, you know, certainly I bought into that picture of God. And when I started to um, appreciate that God did exist, um, my my thoughts were, well, what, what kind of God is God? You know, how can we really know what God is all about? And... Um, we're going to really find that the devil has been unmasked mm. and God has been revealed. Uh, in our final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But the devil has been unmasked. As we read in the, the Bible, we, we recognize that the devil himself is the one that hides behind a mask. If you go back to the uh, beginning in Genesis, we find the devil hiding behind the serpent. So he's masquerading as a serpent um, and he's speaking to Eve through that uh, medium. Mm. Uh, We also find in the Bible that um, the devil is compared with the king of Babylon and he he operates through the king of Babylon sometimes. And we also see him compared to the king of Tyre 
and he's operating through, you know, we can certainly see that he operated through Pharaoh in Egypt at times in the past. And so he's always working behind the front. You know, we could even think about the beast power mm. in Revelation 13, uh, just another front for the devil's activities. And he's described as the dragon, the false accuser. And so it's the devil himself who's often working behind a mask in order to deceive the nations and to deceive people into believing things about God that are not true. Mm. And the question for us is, how can we know what is true about God? And we're going to explore that in our final segment about um, how we can really find out what's behind the mask. Absolutely. We have our book offer for today, um, In the Light of God's Love by Ty Gibson. Every now and then, a book is written that penetrates beyond the head and speaks to the innermost heart. Page by page, the reader senses the distinct moving of God's spirit. In the Light of God's Love is one of those unusual books. You won't want to put it down once you begin reading, and you won't be the same when you are done. The code is after the break. Right now, this is Who at My Door is Standing by One Glory.
I open wide His loving arms embracing He shall with me abide Oh Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we are talking with Peter Watts on the topic of behind the mask. As promised um, before the break, we told you about our giveaway for the book In the Light of God's Love, and the code for today is Light One L I G H T, and the number one, no spaces, Light One. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one to claim your free offer today. We just want to acknowledge a couple of uh, messages that have come in as well before we finish up today. David Edgar was uh, responding to our discussion about mask and mask. and uh, Makes sense. He, he <laughs> says that um, his uh, wife and he say the word bus differently, so that's interesting. Uh, Rebecca has texted in to say that she likes to be open and honest, but it can be hard, particularly if you've had a hard background. Uh, and some don't know how to handle honesty sometimes. Yeah. That's, that's very true that's as true. well. Um, so, Peter, how can we really know what God is like in our finishing up section mm, here? Absolutely. So, yes, there are. I think there are many confusing pictures of God in the world. You know, if you think the world over, there are all kinds of different religions, um, as well as those who believe in no religion because they they probably uh, got fed up of, of looking at the you know the vast <laughs> variety of different pictures of God. But um, you know, can we know what the truth of it is? And um, Obviously, in our series Light in the Dark, we're looking at what the Bible has to reveal about um, God and many other things. And if we look at Hebrews 1, uh, verses 1 to 3, uh, th- this is a powerful passage in helping us to understand some of that. Yes, Hebrews um, chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 reads, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he has made the worlds, who being the bright who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the world <clears throat> of his power, he when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. All right. Thank you for reading that, Carmelina. Appreciate that. So (laughs) this verse is telling us that God spoke to us through the prophets in Mm. times past. So you take the Old Testament, for instance, and the Old Testament is the testimony of the prophets of what they um, had been, what God had revealed to them and what they are then revealing Mm. to us through the Old Testament. But when you come to the New Testament, of course, uh, the, 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 the Old Testament is messages about God, but the New Testament is about Jesus who came as God in person in the flesh. And, uh, you know, there was a, uh, 
a song once, What If God Was One of Us? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the God actually steps into humanity to give us the best possible chance as human beings of understanding what God is really like. And, uh, you know, sometimes people will say to me, you know, what is God like? And the best answer to that is God is like Jesus. Mm. You know, that is our best uh, grasp on what uh, God is like. And by the way, it's fascinating when you look in the scripture, the Bible does not give us an accurate description of Jesus physically. Mm. We don't see that. We don't see what color hair he has or what color eyes he has or how tall he was or you know, all of those details, we don't get a lot of physical description about Jesus. Mm. And uh, what is interesting, because um, when it describes Lucifer, for instance, it talks about him being brilliant and beautiful and bright and so forth. In Isaiah 53, it says um, of Jesus that there was no form or um, physical aspect of him that we should desire him. Mm. So Jesus didn't come along and he was a stunningly beautiful human being. Mm. Rather, the beauty of Jesus came through the character that yes. he expressed. The words, the teachings, the attitude, the way he treated people, all of those kind of things. And so it's actually through Christ that we get the best picture we can possibly get of, of him. God could come in a vision of glory, and we will certainly see that at the end of time, right? Mm. But that would not teach us as much about the character of God as Jesus has taught us about the character of God mm. coming in human flesh. So whilst God can come and will come in all of his glory, it is so important for us to understand that when Jesus came into the world, he chose, told us so much about the character of God, even from the expression, you know, the um, from the very beginning in his humility of his birth, yeah. that he was born and placed in a manger in the place where they fed animals rather than being carried through the palace, you know, uh, as a king of kings. Mm-hmm. And so it just speaks volumes about who God is. There's something that's coming to mind, Peter, that they say that uh, if somebody becomes blind, that their other senses increase in in uh, awareness. Mm. And it's almost to me perhaps why Jesus was not, you know, visually or um aesthetically mm. anything special yeah. you know it, it says that in, yeah. in scripture that he was you know he didn't stand out from the crowd yeah unlike uh was it uh saul or yeah, david who that's was right yeah taller than the he rest Saul, head and shoulders mm. above everybody yeah else. so these people had specific characteristics that that made them visually and and physically attractive or appealing or something and uh, and yet what if we if we look at the fact that jesus was not like that but what we have is his words and his actions. Absolutely. And it helps us to hone on those things yeah. rather than talking about his appearance. King Saul and King David are actually a good comparison because King Saul was head and shoulders and, you know, good appearance. And they said, this would be a great king. And mm-hmm. he proved to be unfaithful. Mm. And then, of course, David, who is so often associated with Jesus, was humble. He was last of uh, the eight children of Jesse, and he mm. was the chosen one to be king. And so there's an interesting parallel but um, yeah, there's another verse where we see this um, the, about Jesus showing us what the character of the Father is like, and that is in John 14, 8 and 9, and maybe uh, one of you could read that. Yes, absolutely. John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. 
So how can you say, show us the Father? And this is precisely, thank you, Carmine, this is precisely the point that Jesus is making here. He's been with these disciples three years. Mm. And he's saying, I've been with you so long, and you're still not grasping the idea Mm. that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I'm sure, like many people, they were looking for a sign or a wonder or a miracle, mm. you know, as, as some evidence of the supernatural. And whilst he did plenty of those things. <laughs> he did plenty of those things, right? But the reality is... It wasn't what they were expecting. It's the yeah. character of God that's really the glory of God. Mm. You know, it is the character of God that is the glory of God. And Jesus certainly came to show uh, us that. And uh, what he revealed is when you look at the... Um, when you look at the uh, life of Christ, he revealed that, that God is selfless, he's mm. compassionate, he is caring, he's kind, generous, self-sacrificing, he's giving and forgiving, he's merciful, he's honorable, he's just. And the picture you get is that which is declared in First John chapter 4, which is God is love. Mm. And you get that by seeing Jesus in action. Uh, not only through his ministry and the way he lived and the way he interacted with people and the people he healed and the people he forgave, but then the death on the cross, the willingness to go to the cross as an innocent individual to die on the cross in order that you and I may have the forgiveness, to pay the price for my sins and for yours. Mm. Um, That says volumes about the humility of God, the self-sacrificing nature of God, the compassion of God, the forgiveness of God. And the fact that God is uh, love. And, um, Peter, you've got a heading here, and we've got one minute uh, yeah. before our last song. Um, masks no longer needed. Yeah, so I, I think we'll, if, I don't know if we've got time to read the verse, but um, in 2 Corinthians three twelve to 14, it talks about the veil being removed in Christ. Mm. So the veil over God is removed in Christ. We get to see who God really is. And when we know that, we can start to take down our mask when it Mm. comes to God. So just as in the COVID, uh, since the COVID threat has been diminished, we no longer have to wear a mask, right? But you see, um, we no longer have to wear a mask when it comes to God either. We can be true and honest with God. And then I think through that relationship with God, we can be true and honest and open with others too. Mm. Well, next week on this series, Light in the Dark, is God a killjoy? I'm looking forward to that one. And, uh, of course, uh, Daniel and uh, Carmelina tomorrow, they'll be talking about uh, the memorial on facets of faith. Remember the code for today in light of God's love, light number one, zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This uh, last song is called Oh God Beyond All Praising, and it's uh, featuring Sarah Crozier and performed by Focus. May God be with you today, and may you feel his presence. We'll... Look forward to catching up with you tomorrow. Please wait.